Hey y'all, welcome back to Best Virginia. I'm your host Jordan and today I have a great show for you guys. I have a very special interview with Bo Kennedy. He's the host of the Bump Podcast. That stands for Believers in the Unexplained Monsters and Paranormal. Uh, Bo has a lot of great experiences and a lot of great stories to tell. Uh, so without further ado, here's my interview with Bo. Okay, so uh, you ready to jump into this? Sure, man. You take it away and I'll, I'll do everything I can to make it decent. Okay, perfect. Uh, so first off, you want to tell the listeners about your podcast? My name is Bo Kennedy, and I have uh, the Bump Podcast. Bump stands for the Believers of the Unexplained Monsters and Paranormal. Uh, I started off with that as a ghost hunting group back in the mid-2000s, and uh, just kind of let it linger until here recently, uh, after the whole quarantine started and everybody was sitting at home with nothing to do, I decided to turn it into a podcast. and. Uh, I've had, you know, pretty good results with people wanting to, you know, to come on to the show and stuff and share their experiences. Um, it's like a judgment-free zone because I really believe that reality is subjective, you know, so what you believe is your reality. So I, I'm not going to sit there and judge anybody. I've had some, you know, some pretty weird things go on in my life, so I... I'm down to listen to anybody, whatever they have to say. I just want to hear it and help them get the story out. That's awesome, man. Uh, and although you're still a pretty young podcast, uh, you've had some you've had some pretty impressive guests so far. I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had some people from uh, the Netflix series, you know, the, the resurgence of Unsolved Mysteries. They had a UFO abduction episode. And I had Tom Warner from that episode come on. And actually, on August 19th, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to get released, but on August 19th, I'm releasing another episode with two more individuals from that show. Oh, man. Yeah, it's going to be Tom Reed and Melanie Kirchdorfer. Um, Melanie has never done any kind of interviews or anything outside of that one show that she did for Netflix. Wow. So she was a little nervous about coming on, but she uh, she had a real traumatic time because what Netflix didn't tell you is she's had a lifetime of, of abductions. So she's been dealing with this stuff since she was a little girl. And she said that coming on to the show and doing shows like this helps her to open up and get it all out there. And it's, it's kind of like therapeutic for her. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of that. Yeah. Sharing stuff. What? Cause you know, I, I'm a psychologist. So whenever I talk to my clients, I always say it, it's always hard to start sharing stuff, but once you do, it really does get a lot easier and, and it, you know, cause you get validated and um, it just kind of encourages you to share because you know, people want to hear it. Uh, I always kind of use the, the, um, the idea of, you know, if you're carrying something around really heavy, no matter how strong you are, eventually you're going to get tired of carrying it by yourself. So if somebody just comes and gives you a hand, grabs the other side of it, just something to kind of help you along the way, you can, you can get there with it. Man, that's, that's a perfect analogy. You know, that's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it really helps me and helps my clients kind of be able to open up about things because it, I mean, it, it it's a, not a physical weight, but it's an emotional weight to carry that stuff. And, you know, to feel like you're, to feel like people are going to perceive you as crazy or perceive you as weak-minded or, or whatever the case may be, it can be, it can be really encouraging to just be able to talk and people hear you and not judge you, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I deal a lot with mentoring stuff because, you know, I, I'm a teacher by trade now. Um, I got a background though in social work. So I've, I've done a lot of like, uh, just what's it called? Uh, it, it's kind of like it runs along the lines of counseling, but it's, it's really just, you know, being there to, to talk to people. It's kind of like bartender counseling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes and, that's, that's a lot better, man. <laughs> well, you know, it's just being there to have let somebody be, a sounding wall for you 
You know, mm-hmm. if you want to just let things off your chest or whatever, it helps to get it off. You know, Absolutely. it helps to get it off your chest and just open up, let people know how you feel, and you'd be surprised to know that a lot of people feel the same way. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what your show really gets to. Uh, you know, especially, uh, it seems like you've had a lot of, and, you know, like you were just saying about those guests and about Melanie, how, you know, once people start coming forth with things, they're like, okay, people, other people are dealing with this too. Yeah. You know, um, as a matter of fact, with your episode that we just put out, what, four days ago, something like that? Yeah. I've, I've had a good response with that. What you touched on with your experience when, when you were young, um, with the, uh, the cowboy. Yeah. I had, I had people message me already and say, it's so wild that he, he mentioned the cowboy. That's exactly what I saw. Oh, and wow. There, theirs weren't, you know, when, when they had their experience, it wasn't the same color, but it looked like your description. Wow. And so at, at right off the bat, you know, it's helping people to have somebody to relate to. Yeah, and, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed having you on, man. I, I enjoyed being on there. We'll have to we'll have to do something else soon. This is awesome. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I look forward to hearing hearing that episode with those other two individuals from the show, from Unsolved Mysteries. That that'll be awesome. I really enjoy yeah, your show, by the way. I appreciate it, man. It's it's a lot of fun to do. I'm running a little low on you know interviews that I have you know banked up because. Unless somebody calls me or wants to talk every week, I'll, I'm going to eventually run out of shows. You know, I, I I hate that, but it's understandable. People are busy. People don't want to come forward. Yeah. Um, I might throw in some some filler episodes myself. You know, I might just sit there and just you know shoot the breeze talking about whatever's on my mind because you know it's my show. I can do what I want. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but right now I have. Uh, I have enough shows for about another uh, a month out, and then things are going to get a little a little tight unless I get some more people calling in. Okay. Well, good luck to you. That's. I, I you never it. know. There's been a lot of people. You've made some connections. It sounds like that's it's impressive. Well, I nobody else knows about this yet. Uh, I shared it on my Facebook page, but it doesn't get a whole lot of traffic thanks to the algorithms that. I don't want to pay to have exposure. Oh, yeah. Um, I did an interview with a very, very popular podcast in my genre, um, Sasquatch Chronicles. I talked to uh, I talked to them this week, and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly when they'll put that on the air, but I'm hoping that with the size of their listenership that maybe it'll help steer some traffic this way. And in doing that, maybe it'll steer some traffic your way because, you know, you're on the show and you have a, you had a really good grasp on everything. Your theories that you talked about, your experiences. And I, I really think people are going to come on here to your show and listen to it, man. It, you're doing a great job. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, and I look forward to, to hearing your interview on the Sasquatch Chronicles. I, whenever you told me about that, I was, I was pumped for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I always have, I've had the problem of, uh, overthinking everything. That's all I do is I'm always in my head. Um, yeah. which is kind of, it's, I mean, it's led me down the path I am now, but that's, I am over analytical a lot of times, but sometimes it's, I come up with some weird stuff, man. My head's a weird place. <laughs> it's all right, man. My fiance looked at me his a couple months back. I said something and she just looked at me and she said, your head's a weird place sometimes. <laughs> I said, yeah, it is. It's all right to be weird. Man. Oh, yeah. Problem. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, one of our uh, alternate mottos for the for our state is, you know, weird and wonderful or or stay weird. You know, you see a lot of stuff with those slogans on there, and I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I would do. Take pride in it. Oh, yeah. Because this, this state is full of, you know, weird stuff. I, your your show does a great job bringing that out. Thanks. But so does yours. There. Well, thank you, man. And my, you know, it was kind of unintentional. But you know, starting off with my first few episodes, I had to, you know, I got people 
local, you know, uh, that had their own experiences around here. And then it, it kind of turned into mostly West Virginia experiences for, you know, for a while until I could finally branch out and get some people from out of state. It's just so much that goes on here in southern West Virginia, especially. It's everybody has a story. It's just a matter of getting it to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, going off that, before we jump into that, actually, uh, do you want to plug your Mountain Man Survival page? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's my, that, that's been a long time passion. Uh, I'm really into bushcraft and survival, um, being outdoors. Camping, hiking, hunting, fishing, all of it. So, several years ago, I made a uh, a page for that, Mountain Man Survival Guide. I have a Facebook page, but it, my Instagram account is way more popular for it. Um, I just post pictures of different things, you know, wild edibles, uh, primitive trapping, just real bushcrafty stuff, you know, how to how to survive in the woods with a minimal kit or what you can find and how to, how to do things that the original mountain men did on a daily basis. I'm trying to scratch the surface of that. So that's, that's a lot of fun to do. I'm actually implementing that as part of my course as a teacher. Uh, we have a little bit, a little, a little bit of leeway in our classroom because I'm teaching a future leaders program and I kind of, kind of sneaked wilderness survival into the emergency preparedness lesson, and it it really took off. So now I'm I'm writing lesson plans for the whole state and helping wow. kids to get in touch with being outdoors. Yeah, I the kids need that man. It's I, that's something that kind of that we've lost, I think, and I I really appreciate that. I've I've been following that that page of yours for several years. Uh, and it's got some cool stuff, uh, and I, I like what you're doing. I appreciate that, man. I wish I had more time to be out there. You know, when I was working in the state park, it was, you know, daily life. Yeah. I had eight-hour days, and about six of them were just being out in the woods. So I spent a lot of time out there just teaching myself how to do things, testing stuff out actually eating the stuff that they said you could eat, you know, from all the reading. I didn't just read it. I went ahead and tried to do practical application. And uh, it really, it opened my mind to how difficult life must have been. Yeah. That's that's really cool stuff, man. And I, I'll say keep Thanks, it bro. up. I, I wish, I, I really like that stuff too. But, uh, you know, living in, in the area that I do, I don't really get out. You know, even when I do get out, it's not really, you know, like out in the mountains. It's, there's all the mountains we have around here, parks and trails. Yeah. Pretty domesticated. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so jumping back into, uh, and you mentioned, uh, it's a lot of weird stuff going on in Southern West Virginia. So, uh, you know, I've heard you mention a few times, um, in your show and I've done a little bit of reading on my own and, Apparently, there's some uh, some Bigfoot culture in the area. Yes. Uh, if you get on, you know, BFRO, that's the, B, the Bigfoot Research Organization, if you get on their database and you look up West Virginia, you'll only see a total of 90 sightings or um, encounters, experiences, whatever you want to call them, to any degree. And... That's spread up between 55 counties, you know, Pendleton County is far and away the, the highest number of incidents. But that database, and I'm not knocking BFRO, you know, they, you know, they're doing a good thing out there. But people don't report things here. You know, people have experiences, but they're not going to go log onto the internet and find this database and report this incident. So it it really pales in comparison to what goes on here. If you, if you just take Chief Logan State Park, for instance, there's been so much talk about it that with while I was working there, 
I was talking to the gift, you know, we were trying to create a gift shop and we actually started selling merchandise, you know, for, for Bigfoot, you know, just different bumper stickers and t-shirts and stuff like that, because there's so much activity that people tell us about down here that it, it made it into the gift shop, you know, but you're not going to see that reflect on the website. Um, Perfect example, there is one encounter logged into BFRO for Logan County, the entire county. And I've had three or four experiences myself, and I didn't even call them up. I bought a, a, a I'm going to probably ramble here, but I bought a book um, called Tracking the Stone Man because it was written by a BFRO member. Um, it's about West Virginia, um, his experiences as an investigator, and Chief Logan State Park comes up. He's come down here, but the way they looked at it is, yes, this area has potential, but no proof. There's no, there's not enough going on. But the thing is, there's a lot going on because people aren't talking about it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you there, but um, going back to like you were saying, people don't report it. Uh, You know, I've heard a couple stories myself and a lot of it's just hearsay. And by the time it gets to someone who would share it, it's diluted or it's my brother's uncle's cousin's old neighbor said that he heard about a guy that saw a a Bigfoot out in the mountains while he was hunting or something. And and at that point, it's not very credible. And the thing is, people say, oh, no, that can't be, that can't happen, or they'll they'll try to discredit anybody that has had an experience. But you got to look at who's doing the discrediting. It, it's people who don't go outside in the woods. It's people that just want to brush that stuff off because they don't happen to believe in it instead of actually going out there and checking for themselves. Um I've got hundreds and hundreds of hours out there, probably thousands of hours out there, um, not necessarily looking for anything, but being open to it. So, naturally, the more time you spend outside, the more things you're going to experience. Yeah. So, um, I'm, on one of your episodes, I, I, it was one of the first couple, I think. Um, you shared one of your stories. Would you care to share that with us? Sure, man. Um, the first time I, the first episode that I talked about it on was probably my first interview episode. I think it's episode two. It was called um, Bigfoot Crossing, I think is what I, I titled it, because there was a person, her name was Kat. She lived at the time in Omar, which is up Route 44. It's a Kind of a weird place anyway, <laughs> but she, yeah. uh, she had went off, you know, trail riding with, I think it was her, her boyfriend at the time, maybe her husband, so I hope she don't get mad at me for butchering her story, but she went out there and in the headlights of the four-wheeler, you know, they heard, uh, they, they actually saw the Bigfoot run across the path. You know, beforehand, it sounded like a bulldozer coming through the woods, and then it goes up this vertical hillside on the other side of the of the trail, and made a believer out of her. And that prompted me to tell my story that I, I have not put my eyes on a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. I wish I could from a safe distance. I think that would be great. But the way my story went was, it was September 24th of 2018, I believe. I was out squirrel hunting. I was in a wildlife management area here in Logan. It's the only wildlife management area we have. It's actually connected to the park. But uh, it's a few thousand acres out there that nobody really goes on. Um, If you drive all the way to the end, I think there's a shooting range up there. But I was out into the woods on a real steep bank uh, doing some squirrel hunting. It started raining, but I just kind of sat it out. Uh, it rained for about 45 minutes, 
and as the rain was slacking off, the squirrel comes out, so I shoot it. And I figured I would wait a few more minutes to see if another squirrel would come out, because that's kind of what squirrels do. They hear a noise, and they'll stick their head out, and they'll just, you know, it's whatever. But what I what I hear after shooting the squirrel, it sounded like someone up on the the flat behind me, which is in the middle of the woods, in the rain. It sounded like somebody, like a woman, kind of laughing or or talking. Just a real feminine noise, you know, kind of kind of cheerful. And so I, you know, I glance up there, but I don't see anything. And the rain stops. I go to pick up the squirrel that I shot, and I come back. When I sit down, I hear another noise, and this time it sounds like almost like somebody falling on their butt. You know how if you fall down, you'll kind of make a oof sound, or if you throw something as hard as you can, you'll kind of grunt. Yeah. I heard a noise like that, and I was already kind of on alert, you know, because you're out there in the middle of nowhere. So I I turned around to look up that steep hill behind me, and as I turned, I heard something kind of stump onto the ground, and my eyes locked in on this tree branch that was helicoptering down towards my way. Now, I don't know if something knocked the tree branch down, but the way I took the whole experience in was it sounded like something had been thrown. You know, the, I, I heard the exertion of someone throwing something. And as I turned, I heard the thump of what sounded like a heavy rock hitting the ground and this tree branch coming off with momentum. It wasn't a free fall. It was actually, you know, spiral. So it just, as I took it in, which it all happens in like two seconds, you know, th- something was thrown in my direction. This branch comes bouncing off a tree. Something hits the ground. I jump up. You know, <laughs> it makes me nervous. And after hearing that, that chatter before the thump, it just all lines up with, you know, so many Bigfoot stories. And people talk about hearing that, that high-pitched chatter. Um, they're known for throwing things, uh, mainly rocks, and just being territorial. Um, and I had just shot that gun, so I didn't know. I don't know what else it could have been. That's the thing. I, I didn't see a Bigfoot. But the way that all played out, Something was thrown. There, I'll just tell you now, there was not any woman up there throwing, throwing stuff around on the hillside. <laughs> I get up, I look, I, I record the area with my cell phone because I, I'm always hoping to see something or hear something. So I'm, I'm recording the area so I can play it back and watch it later. Never saw anything, man. Uh, I stayed there for about 20 minutes, but. I've made so much commotion getting up and turning around and stuff that I figured I ruined my hunting for the day anyway. So I went ahead and left. But it's just the way things played out with what I've heard other people have, you know, have had happen with their experiences. It just kind of leaned towards something un, well, maybe, maybe natural, but not normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sure sounds like it, man. That's that would be terrifying being out there by yourself, and you know, it, it's weird whenever you're the hunter and you know what you're going after, but then whenever something's going on behind you, it kind of makes you feel exposed. Yeah, yeah, it, it totally did. And just being in the area I was in, it's not like there's hiking trails there. You know, it's not like it would be a, a good time for a, a lady to be out hiking during hunting season in a wildlife management area in the rain. It's just none of that made sense, you know? Yeah, I, I do have a question for you. Um, sure. You said the the branch came helicoptering. So was it going like end over end, like vertical, or was it horizontal, like, a, like an actual helicopter? It was horizontal. Okay, see, that makes me think if I'm going to throw something, it's going to, if I'm going to throw a tree branch, it's going to go end over end. 
And I don't know if you've ever seen like monkeys and stuff throwing things, but it kind of goes, it's kind of like sidearm. Yeah. Yeah. They throw sidearm. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what that, how that makes me think. Like it's a a human would probably, I mean, the probability, you can throw something sidearm, obviously, but uh, it would be more probable if it was a person throwing it, it would be end over end, like vertical. Yeah. Yeah. And why, who would throw a stick at somebody holding a shotgun? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Another good point. You know, but yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. You're, you know, monkey behavior, if that's what Bigfoot is, if it's some kind of, you know, primate, then they would probably lend themselves to that sidearm motion like, you know, a Jim throw stuff. Right. Yeah, that's something that just kind of hit me whenever you mentioned that just now. I, yeah, I hadn't even considered that, you know, the the way it was coming down. All I know is it was coming down. <laughs> um, it missed, but it wasn't by a whole lot, you know. Yeah, that's that'd be, that's a wild story, man. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's tons of stuff that happened, and, you know, most of my experiences revolve around that park, and I'm not trying to get people to come down there and check out the park or anything like that because, I mean, you're not going to see a whole lot. There's not a whole lot going on down there um, for tourism or whatever. But I spent a lot of time out there. So I, I heard a lot of things that just did not add up. Right. And it's it's a pretty big area with not a whole lot of traffic and stuff either. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's 4,000 acres. And there are two main roads that kind of fork off at the mouth of the park. I would say at least 3,000, maybe maybe 3,200 of those acres don't see people hardly ever unless they are really adventurous and want to go off the trails. So. Right. So if something was in those woods, that's where they, I mean, they would, that's where they would stay. They wouldn't go towards the roads and stuff that surround it and the towns that surround yeah. it. Yeah. They'd have it made. I mean, there's, there's freshwater streams, there's plenty of wildlife and very little human contact um if some you know it'd be a perfect hideaway for anybody <laughs> you know if, oh yeah if, if you know what to do there, there's caves out there you can go hide in and nobody would find you and i've heard some stories where that's happened too <laughs> yes yes absolutely okay so uh yeah i appreciate you sharing that with us um <clears throat> i do have so when I was researching for my Mothman episode, I read John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, uh, and he was in town kind of how the, how all that started. I don't know if you've read the book, but he uh, was in town investigating UFO sightings, and there was a big string of them uh, along kind of the western half of the, of the state. Um, and, you know, there was around that time, there was a lot of reported men in black sightings and stuff, too. So uh, what do you know about like the UFO community around here? Well, um, you know, not as much as I would like to know. Um, I've had several people tell me about UFO stories. Um, even my dad has had experiences with UFOs here. But personally, I don't, I haven't dove into that as, as deep as I should. Uh, now, I'll tell you. You, you mentioned the, an alternate slogan for West Virginia is wild and weird. There's a, a podcast that I listen to from time to time, and it's I think it's called Wild and Weird West Virginia. And it's a, a bunch of guys that sit around and just talk weird stuff. You know, they, they pick a topic, and they kind of pick it apart, do a deep dive into it, and they mainly seem to focus on UFO activity. Okay. One of the things that I I do notice, um, or not notice, but I do remember is, wasn't it in Green Bank, West Virginia, where we had the the reply uh, with SETI? Yeah, I believe like the, so. The satellite system, but we had a, some kind of response from outer space somewhere, and that was like our first contact experience with something else. Um, and that's right here in West Virginia. They actually made the movie Contact about that, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, I, I believe you're right. And I, I have, uh, that's on my list of episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I haven't looked at, I haven't started my research on it yet, but it's on the list, uh, because of all the, um, I won't go too far into it, obviously, yet, but, you know, the, uh, oh, the photosensitivity issue, or uh, not photosensitivity, but, um, the sensitivity to, like, satellite waves and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting area for sure. Man, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. You, you do a good job explaining this stuff and just, you know, reporting what, it, it's, when I listen to what you do, it's almost like you have taken a, a college level thesis, you know, like you, you have to sit there and you, you must, I just imagine you like researching these different websites and reading these different books and you're compiling this, you know, report. It sounds cool, man. I love it. I think that, that's basically what I do. <laughs> uh, that's why. Oh, and by the way, uh, I'm sitting here. I just now noticed I'm drinking my coffee. That's my best Virginia coffee mug that I got from Teespring. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best logo in podcasting, man. That, that thing's awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, shout out to Jamison for drawing that up for me. He turned it around quick, too, man. And yeah. What's it? What is it? I said they're good at what they do. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's done a couple tattoos for me, and he's, I he just he's the best at what he does, definitely that I know of as far as that style and and that type of stuff. He's you can give him just kind of a couple ideas about what you want, and he'll slap you together exactly what you envisioned without you even telling him that. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, going back to UFOs, man, that's. It's a weird, it, it, it is one of those things where it's still kind of, especially with all the stuff lately, a lot of stuff's starting to come out. Um, <clears throat> but this area, I, I don't, see, I, I try to, I was thinking if I was driving a UFO or flying UFO or controlling one or what, however they maneuver, um, there's, a, there's an awful lot of trees and things like that that you could, you would avoid being seen probably flying through this area. But, but you'd, you'd probably have to fly high obviously which you probably would anyway but you know I, I just think that's interesting there was that whole and, and i don't know if much uh much information's been out there since then that was in the 60s and 70s 50s 60s and 70s um that all those sightings were reported um that kind of goes back to the uh um, i don't know how familiar i'm assuming you're probably a little familiar with the mothman story uh yeah, yeah. Mo most everybody is at least on some level um, I was listening to another podcast about it yesterday. Uh, those conspiracy guys did an episode. Those are, that's one of my favorite shows. And there's just some guys from Ireland and they were talking about it. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, man in black activity surrounding that, even in, uh, like mineral wells in Parkersburg area. So it's, there's some, some weird reports of, uh, I don't know, Mr. Cold. I don't know if you. Yes, uh, Indrid Cold. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, I, I was sitting here trying to think. What was that guy's name? That, that one in particular, and um, they talk about. Didn't he have like a? What is it? Like his clothes wet or something like that? And. I yeah, it, it was raining, I believe, and but his clothes were the the show I listened to about it was. Uh, they were talking about how they they kind of speculated that it was maybe like a an early attempt at trying to be human, uh, yep. or trying to impersonate a human. So he was dressed yep. in kind of. They said that he picked from the wrong rack when he chose his clothes uh, because <laughs> because they were kind of outdated compared to uh, compared to some of the other. Because men's suits have stayed pretty consistent as opposed to like women's dress clothes, right? Um, through the years, but. So th they were just kind of cracking jokes, but also made a good point. They were comparing him to the guy from uh, Men in Black, where he was kind of talking out of the side of his mouth because he wasn't real, uh, like, in his human skin, right? Right. Um, so they were kind of comparing it to that, and then he accidentally uh, spoke telepathically to the farmer. Um, so they said that he was kind of like an early, early ambassador. So I thought that was an interesting take on it. That maybe he he was still trying to trying to figure out how to be human, but getting some things wrong. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's interesting too. And 
that's the thing, this, the whole, the whole Mothman prophecies, you know, the stuff that surrounded that is just as weird as, you know, the actual legend. There were dozens of UFO sightings around that same time. Yeah. Things being spotted all around before the, the horrible tragedy, you know, the Silver Bridge collapsed. Um, there were creatures and it was described differently, you know, that an all brown creature was spotted up in the trees, um, of a cemetery a couple of days before that. Um, it's all been linked to the umbrella of Mothman, but it was just a lot of high strangeness in that area before and immediately after. Right. He's since then he's kind of become a mascot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I I have Mothman T-shirts. You know, I I go to the festival. Uh, West Virginia loves Mothman. Yeah. I was really looking forward to the festival this year, but me too, man. we're going to have to wait it out, I guess. And there's also the Flatwoods Monster. Oh, yeah. That's on the list, too. Is it? Oh, yeah. Well, let me know uh, when you want to release that, because I have a, uh, I did an interview a couple months ago with the Flatwoods Monster Museum that I haven't released yet. And so maybe we can really release them on the same week so people can really get a a good feel of it. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, because I, I spoke with the curator of Flatwoods Monster Museum. His name was Andrew. And Jordan, there's no way I could have explained what went on that day anywhere near to the caliber of the way this guy did for me. He uh, he walked through the whole incident before, after, um, neighboring towns. I mean, he, he's a, a wealth of knowledge, man. Yeah, somebody that you you probably do well to talk to. You, I think you guys would get along because he's real logically minded too. Yeah, it was. I I was almost like out of my league talking to this guy, man. He he's very knowledgeable. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. I'm looking forward to that. We'll we'll definitely have to plan a kind of coincide our releases together. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, it would. Um. So, what is your favorite, you know, West Virginia story or cryptid? My favorite West Virginia story is, you know, I would say Mothman, but yeah, probably Mothman. Uh, it, it's that or the Flatwoods Monster, one or the other, because there's just so many people that saw this. Um, it's just, there's credible evidence, and when you get Project Blue Book to come out to discredit you, you know something happened. You know, <laughs> you don't get the government involved if if nothing happened. Right. So, especially, a, would, you know, a yeah, small town in West Virginia, they'll probably be like, okay, they're just, they're just doing their thing. If, yeah. it, if it was, if there wasn't anything going on. Yeah. I mean, if they had done nothing, the whole story would have blown over within a week. Uh, it's, it's out in the middle of nowhere, Braxton County. A family sees something come through the sky. They go to see if, the, if a plane had wrecked, and then they have this amazing encounter story. Yeah, it, it might hit airwaves for a couple weeks, but that would be the end of it. Because this was in like what 1952 or something like that, it would have been over. But it it triggered national attention because apparently there had been sightings of this fiery object descending a couple of states over, and so there was like a track record. You could see where it was at at a certain time, and it something had really hit there. In that town. And for them to send Dr. Island Heineck, Alan Heineck, to, to come out there and investigate, come up with this big crazy story of they spotted an owl in a tree and got scared or whatever. You know, I don't know. Anything that involves the government, 
I don't believe the government. <laughs> <laughs> well, it raises some, you know, because there, there's just so many other crazy stories that don't attract attention that could be, you know, I don't know, for not to, for these stories not to attract government attention, and then there are some that do. Right. So you got to think, like, what's the difference? Because, like you said, yeah. a lot of times it'll die out pretty quick, or they'll be just crazy or telling ghost stories or whatever. They'll saw it's always an owl, too, man, an owl or a crane. Always. <laughs> I mean, you and I could we we get together right now. We could make up this big crazy ass story that you know a UFO comes down or whatever, and we could push this. We could because back then they didn't have any photographic evidence. It was just hearsay, right? Yeah, and local news. Right, and local news. So we could call the news. We could do it today. Call the news, say that this crazy event happened. Get three or four, you know, local yokels to say that they saw it with us. And I promise you, the FBI will not come down here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's what raises some flags, man. That's Yeah, there's definitely some authenticity to it. Yeah. That, that's why I love these small-town stories. Oh yeah, um, you know, one of my favorites is the Mamie Thurman story. I did a, oh, I did yeah. an episode, which is still one of my favorite episodes I've done so far. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just love that story. It's because it's so brutal, and so you know, it sounds like a movie. I'm so, I think it was uh, one of your episodes. They were talking about one of the guests were talking about how they couldn't believe a movie hasn't been made. Yeah. It- it's the the ultimate murder mystery, uh, scandal, politics, racist. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's got it all. It's oh got yeah, everything. And you did a great job talking about that, man. Uh, and the legend of Mamie Thurman that scared everybody in my generation and before, and it probably always will. Uh, Twenty two Mountain, you know, that's the place that if you want to get scared. Go up twenty two mountains. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's definitely a crazy. There's a couple like it too around the state that are on the list. Uh, most of them are not to the to the extent, but um, you know the Greenbrier Ghost is kind of similar. There's yeah, a couple, it is. There's a couple others that are that are similar, and you know there are a lot of. Uh, I believe it was that same episode your guest was sharing uh, a story about how, you know, supposedly uh, the ghost of Mamie Thurman hitchhiked with a guy and then disappeared. Um, and, you know, that's a, one of my coworkers came and was telling me a story, a, a very similar story about, uh, you know, a ghost on, it's called the ghost of Fifth Street Hill in Huntington, um, which I'm going to look more into that also. But uh, it's a very similar thing, and that's there's tons of stories like that in the area and all over the world uh, of the you know like a troubled bride or whatever, or a, or a, or a, a distressed woman who who asks for a ride and then guy stops and gives her a ride and looks over and she's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's like those urban legends, you know, like if you stop on a railroad track, put your car in neutral, you know, in certain areas, there'll be something that pushes you across the tracks and you can see children's handprints on the on the car trunk and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I love those stories. Me too. Uh, even if they're not true. Even if it's some kind of, you know, optical illusion where you're actually on a downhill slope and don't realize it. You know, like like with Mamie Thurman, they say you can park at the at the foot of twenty two mine road and put your car in neutral and she will pull your car backward up the hill because Know, we were told in the eighties she was looking for a new head. You know, and I was like, <laughs> scared me to death, man. Because of course my mama dropped down there and she'd stick that car in neutral, and you could feel it rolling backward. That's <laughs> yeah. all I needed. I was like, oh no, she ain't getting me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you and me both, brother. Uh, so. I don't know how much more time you've you've got today, but uh, I kind of wanted to check in and see if if there are any places or and or events that you want to share with the listeners that you think they should know about as far as like paranormal stuff. Well, yeah, one comes to mind 
um, for for an event coming up. There was there were two different events that I was looking forward to. Besides the Mothman Festival, um, they were down in southern West Virginia here. One, it got pushed back until at least next year. But the other is still set to go. It's called Spook Fest. It'll be in Williamson, West Virginia. Uh, it's going to be head up by the Tug Valley, the Tug Valley Visitors Bureau. Uh, it's a big Halloween fest. It's going to be on Halloween night, which is it happens to fall on a Saturday. It's kind of like a, just a regular festival. But I'm going to try to get down there and have a booth set up to do live podcasts down there. And the guest of honor is Tony Moran, which I don't know if you know who he is. Oh, yeah. But that is the Michael Myers from the original Halloween. Uh, he's going to be down there at Spook Fest, you know, shaking hands and scaring people to death. So uh, just his presence. It's going to be something cool, you know? But, yeah, I would, I would encourage everybody to go down there and check out Spook Fest on Halloween night in Williamson, West Virginia. I think that would be great. Oh, yeah. I, I, plan, on, I plan on checking that out for sure. Yeah, because it sounds awesome, you know, to have Tony Moran there. Yeah. The OG Michael Myers. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's going to be great. And, you know, I haven't heard anybody talk about it, but I'm just going to throw this out there. Just because I, you you seem to be the investigatory type of person, man. I love it. In, in downtown Logan, Jordan, that uh, there's a new state building that was erected there several years ago. Okay. I would, I would imagine that there is a lot of ghostly happenings and, and haunted stories that are tied to that area. Are you talking about downtown there? Downtown, right across from uh, the Hot Cup coffee shop down there. Yep, there's a lot of history in those buildings. There, There is a lot of history beneath those buildings. Um, when they were building the state building that they have now, they kind of consolidated several different offices. But they, they cleared out the area. And I don't want to throw out a phony number here, but I'll just say dozens of Native American graves were discovered on that area. Um, the whole Princess Ericoma, you know, the whole story of Napoleon Baker and Princess Ericoma, that was the the area that her family, that was their, their land. And they, they uncovered pottery and actual bones. Wow. Um, when they when they cleared out that area. The state of West Virginia, for whatever reason, would not offer any land to have them relocated. Um, digging them up, discovering it, didn't stop production. Wow. So all of this history, and I don't know, it just, it gets me aggravated. But all of it had to get moved to New to New York. Um, they they're the ones that took, you know, possession, you know, for you know, for the Native American tribes to have their their history preserved. But just just stirring up that kind of stuff, and knowing how downtown is already. I lived in an apartment that was on the hell down there. Um, I just feel like if you would get a hold of somebody that works in that state building, they would probably have some stories to share. Oh yeah, that's bad juju, man. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you know the whole story of Princess Ericoma, and uh, it, it's just it's a good story too. You know the Ericoma story. So there's a there's a lot of history here in Logan, man. That yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, just, I wish everybody knew about. It. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm. It's all on the list, man. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I'll for sure look into that though. That's that's some crazy stuff. Yeah. Okay. So uh yeah, any uh 
any other places in the area or or in the state that you would recommend someone visit if they were to come here and check things out? Um, We've kind of talked about a couple, you know, downtown Logan. Yeah, uh, yeah we get on a couple spots. Uh, you know, with the way things are, I haven't been hardly out of the house in six months, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you're not alone in that. Uh, yeah, so I kind of, nothing's really coming to mind as, as a place to make sure you stop and see or check out. Um, 22 Mountain, definitely, if you want to get a good full scare. Um, if you're adventurous, you can go to Chief Logan Park, hit some of them hiking trails. It don't matter the time of day because everything that happened that I experienced was in the daytime. Um, I think there's a lot to be seen and discovered there, to be honest with you. But other than those couple of hot spots, nothing's coming to mind right now, man. Okay. We got a couple museums, you know, like the Mothman Museum and the Flatwood Museum. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are cool. Uh, now, I always liked the, uh, the, the Cole Museum in Madison. I you know, know if... I don't think you've been there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I believe it's only open. It's def- it's definitely not open year-round, but it's uh, definitely open during the Coal Festival season. Um, it's there downtown on Main Street in Madison, and my dad always used to take us there and show us all the machinery that they use and stuff like that. I, I think that stuff's really cool because it, you know, coal mining's been a huge part of our history, and the economy and you know helped a lot of people make lives for themselves so i always think that's pretty cool yeah uh, do they have the uh where is it that you could take a tour of the coal mine beckley beckley yeah Yeah. that would be a cool place to go yeah i've been there uh the exhibition mine yeah of course my dad went and broke it down he's like yeah it's not like that anymore and he's like yeah they, they wouldn't normally run it like this and yeah, I worked underground a couple of years um, out in Boone County, and I would imagine it's a very different operation from what I experienced, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's been in the mines for, I think he just crossed 30 years underground. Wow, that's that's, uh, that's something I could not do. <laughs> he's, a, he's a testament to it men all over the world <laughs> that, that, that's some hard labor man yeah he's he's put in the hours for sure uh and a lot of people have you know it's yeah that's our uh, yeah. that's that's just the state's main source of income and yes it is and just to make it 30 years yeah that that's an accomplishment you know a, a lot of a lot of men die young absolutely i i I haven't really talked about this much yet, but uh, on one of my future episodes, I'm going to, you know, do a deep dive into all the different mine accidents and and things like that. That would be that would be a good that would be a good one to do, man. That'd, yeah, that'd be like a trip episode. Yeah, there's been a lot of tragedies. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a sobering thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, uh, anything else you want to touch on before we uh, call it a day? Well, um, if you've got a few minutes, man, if you want to get weird, we can talk about ghosts again. Okay. Um, I, I've been talking to other people, you know, and like I told you, you know, people said that they had experienced what you had mentioned to them uh, to, on my show about this, this cowboy. Well, this, this woman that I'm going to have on the show here soon, she's a a medium, but she said the house she grew up in was haunted, and they called it, I want to say they called it like the trench coat man or the, the the cowboy man or something like that, because it looks like a cowboy with the traditional cowboy hat and the appearance, but it was a black figure for their home, and it was always there. She's like, to this day, if she goes to visit her mom's house, she can see this thing there. That they've kind of just gotten used to it. <laughs> so I don't know if I can get used to a, a hat man in my house. But Not unless he's paying rent. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? 
done a lot of talking with other people, um, even since our, our interview together, man. And I'm, I'm hung up on this multi, you know, this multiverse kind of thing, this dimensional, everything going on interdimensionally at one time. Um, seems like some things can phase through dimensions. Some things are in our spectrum, some things aren't. And I didn't know if you've, uh, you've given any more thought to that kind of stuff or what? Yeah, actually, I was reading, uh, there's a conspiracy theory that I've, uh, been following for a while and I've, it's, there's a lot of weight to it. I'll send it to you. Um, but it basically, uh, I won't go into a whole lot cause it's a, it's a rabbit hole and a half, man. It's <laughs> there. It takes hours to even just read the post that I saw initially the thread. Um, but it's basically says that, uh, our, our universe as we know it slipped into a black hole in 2012 um, due to whenever they discovered the Higgs boson particle. Yes. Yes. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know how, how familiar you are with all that, but there's a lot of, that's when a lot of the, um, you know, the Mandela effect, uh, started being, people started noticing some things and, and talking about Mandela effects. So, the idea behind it is basically, I'll, I'll just summarize it because I mean, it's, it's a truckload of stuff, but, uh, you know, the big thing behind it is saying that we, the, our universe ended, but not in the way that people think that we basically kind of imploded on ourselves because of the destruction of the Higgs boson particle and slipped into like a neighboring, uh, universe. Yes, yes, yes. And that's why well, everything's kind of mostly the same, but also a lot of weird stuff's happened in the last few years that people are like, well, I didn't think that was the, I didn't think that's what happened. Right. Yeah. It's, it's things that just don't make sense. That's what I think. So I, man, I love that. <laughs> I think that something happened around that time that, uh, led people to this simulation theory because it just doesn't seem real anymore. Yeah, that ties into it also. There's uh there's yeah. a lot of leading physicists that you know that kind of back it up. I mean, because look at the the, the sudden uptick in just weird phenomena and natural disasters and these it's just everything's gotten so volatile. Yeah. It don't it don't make sense. And it feels like this can't be our reality. And that ties in with the mind theory too, right? 2012. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was also the, uh, the thing, the, that recently came out, which well, is past that date now, but they said that the mind calendar was, it didn't take something into account. Um, but leap year, leap year. Yeah. It was leap years. And, uh, that it was actually this year. And I was like, well, that make perfect sense with the way things are going. That, that's probably what was in store for the, the tragedy of the month, but. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, but, um, going back to ghost stories, man, I've, since we've talked, I've had a couple more experiences in this house. It was, I mean, it's been the last few weeks have been, I don't know if they must, they heard me talking about them or, or what happened, but, uh, I got back from a couple weeks ago, I got back from a run and I was all sweaty and out of breath. So I sat on the steps to kind of cool off before I went in the house and, uh, or cool down, not cool off. It was 95 degrees, but. Um, so I was sitting there and, and I kept hearing, like I had my headphones in, I was listening to music, but I kept getting this weird sense of, and my back was towards the porch, which is closed in on, on every end, but the steps I was sitting on. Uh, and then I just kept feeling like the vibrations, like people were walking, like somebody was walking behind me, but I was the only one home and I'd turn around and look, there'd be nothing there. And then I'd feel like footsteps behind me again and I'd turn back around. So eventually I just turned the headphones off and went in the house. Um, and then when I walked in the house, as I was walking through the door, it felt like somebody grabbed my arm and oh, wow. yeah, but I kind of, I was like, well, it was, honestly, it was probably like a muscle spasm or something. Cause I just got done running. So I didn't really, but it felt like the shape of a hand. It was, it was weird, man. And then yeah, I think it was the weekend before last we were getting ready for our, uh, our wedding shower and stuff. And I was the only one home. Everyone else was gone, uh, 
my fiance and her friend who was staying with us to help us get things ready, they were going to the store or something. And I was walking to the fridge and I felt that same, it was like the same size hand touch my hip. And I was like, okay, that wasn't a muscle spasm. Cause really? it was like, it was like right the back of my hip, like where you would put your hands if you're dancing with a little girl. Yeah. And so that, that was weird. And then the other day we were sitting there, actually it might've been the day before yesterday. Uh, we were sitting here watching TV and actually we didn't have the TV on or we had it paused or something. And I heard what sounded like a man talking. And I was like, did you hear that? And she, she said she didn't, but it was like, I heard like two or three words. I was like, well, that's strange. I just kind of, I was like, well, ghosts are back at it. And because yeah. I mean, I've never been hurt or anything. So I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's all right so far. But, uh, and then she said that she heard, uh, what sounded like somebody snapping their fingers in her ear the other day. And she turned around real quick and there was nothing there. So it's, it's so a lot. It sounds like something's trying to get your attention, man. Yeah. And they say if you talk about it or whatever, that sometimes that will kick it up. Yeah. So, also, the skeptic in me, if you talk about it, it brings it to your to your consciousness, and you're you're going to be more alert to it also. Right. Right. And you're going to try to make that connection. Right. Yeah. So I, it, yeah. there's been a lot of weird stuff happening in the last few last few weeks. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, let's, let's just hope it stays, uh, you know, nice. <laughs> yeah, we want, we want Casper kind of activity. We don't want you know uh, the way it, the way it grabbed me by the hips as I was getting in the fridge. I, it felt like some uh, Patrick Swayze activity. <laughs> you like it's kind of it's kind of scary, but kind of fun at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you gotta laugh at stuff. I mean, it felt it felt like somebody was trying to put moves on me as I was bending over to get something out of the fridge. <laughs> That's not a bad ghost in my book. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I appreciate you hearing me. I, I was, whenever that happened, uh, my first thought was, I got to tell Bo. Yeah, man. Yeah, you have to come back on the show. Yeah. That, write it all, write it all down. Oh, we'll get yeah. You back on it. I'd love to, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on, man. I appreciate you coming on here. It's been a lot of fun. I, I know I didn't have uh, any amazing life-altering things to say, but I just enjoy talking about the whole topic. Uh, it's it's fun talking with you. Yeah, you too, man. I, I appreciate you coming on here and being able to tell the listeners about you know some of the some of the weirder stuff that we got going on around the state and you know, different places they can check things out and also offering, you know, turning them on to your show where they're, where they get to hear some firsthand accounts of the weird stuff. Yeah. And if anybody has something they want to share, um, if they want to stay anonymous, that's fine with me. You know, we can make up a name. We've done that already. Uh, just whatever you, if you got something you want to talk about, please send them my way, man. Uh, they can email me at, Podcast at gmail.com and or on any kind of social media platform just holler at me I'd, I'd love to talk to anybody that has something to say perfect well, y'all heard it here check out uh, check out Bo's show that's hard to say I almost said Joe's show <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's a mouthful of it. but yeah check out the bump podcast and Keep it up, man. Keep on keeping on. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on here and talking to us. Wow, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that as much as I did doing it. Uh, I really appreciate having Bo on the show today. And don't forget to check out the Bump Podcast and Mountain Man Survival. Bo has some fantastic content out there right now, and from the sounds of it, it's only going to get better. Uh, Like he mentioned, he has interviews with Tom Warner from Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, as well as some more lined up from that show. But also he has tons of other uh, very interesting guests that talk about um, spiritual warfare, sightings of angels, demons, Bigfoot, aliens, uh, ghosts, all kinds of different stuff, man. So be sure to check that out. He has some some awesome stuff. And 
again, I want to encourage you guys to check out my socials, uh, check out my Facebook page and my Instagram page uh, at Best Virginia Podcast for both of those. Um, also, check out the website, bestvirginia.buzzsprout, B-U-Z-Z, like a B, sprout.com. And uh, if, if you all like this episode, let me know. Give me a shout out. Uh, let me know if you want to hear more of this kind of stuff. I have a few more interviews lined up that I think you guys are going to love. Also, I'm proud to announce that I just introduced COVID-19 masks onto my, onto my online shop. Uh, so that's at teespring.com. And you can find me at Best Virginia or Best Virginia Podcast. So I now have uh, three different kinds of COVID masks. We all need them, right? And we gotta we gotta follow those guidelines, just like Daddy Jim said. So uh, go check those out. I'm I'm very proud of them. I think you know gotta stay gotta stay relevant. We gotta stay with the times. So that's my response to that. Um, again, I I really enjoyed doing today's show, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening. All right, I'll see you next time.